Portrait of a Fangirl is a web series created by Temple of Geek. At the core of the project is the importance of telling the stories of women who have found inspiration, growth, and power through fandom. My name is Jenna, and in today's episode, we're talking with Monica and Tiffany. How are you guys today? Doing good. Excited to doing, be here. Doing fabulous. Do you want to give yourself a little introduction? Let us know a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, my name is Monica. I am the editor-in-chief at Temple of Geek, and I created Portrait of a Fangirl along with Emily Shuck. And uh, we've been working on this project, which started off as a web series. It started off as a lot of things, but ended up being a web series. And so today we're talking about the next stage of Portrait of Fangirl, which I'm really excited about. Um, hi, I'm, I'm Tiffany Cagle. I am the social media manager of Portrait of a Fangirl. And um, I've been with uh, Monica and Emily since 2019 when they approached me about the project and just been with them on this journey ever since and excited to be here as well. I'm very excited to, I'm very excited we'll be basically taking your web series you created and turning it into a podcast now. I'm I'm excited as someone being brought in, so I can imagine what it feels like for you too. The podcast will be like an extension of what we're doing because we're still definitely doing the web series. The podcast will just be like the expansion of what Portrait of Fangirl has been. Right. Can now, can you just give me a little background on Portrait of a Fangirl, how it came to be? Um, just Just a little background. Portrait of Fangirl started as an idea that I had a long, long time ago. I don't really even know, maybe like anywhere from seven to eight years ago. I was really into photography and I was, you know, getting started in it. And I wanted to do like a portrait series of people who were geeky, showing off their geek style, geek fashion, just geekiness. So when I was looking through like kind of like portraits of different people, I could never find anyone who had pictures like that. The closest I could find would be like kind of like sexy photography, which is great, but it was like sexy girls, you know, with comic books around them or playing video games or something like that, which were beautiful pictures and everything, but it's not necessarily like the only way to show off your geekiness in that way. And I wanted portraits that were like beautiful, that showed up people's style. And the only thing other than that that I could find were like engagement photos where it was like themed engagement photos like Jedi or, you know, Harry Potter or like video game like player one player has found their player two kind of thing. Right. But I couldn't find anything that was specifically like focusing on one person and their personality. And this is a little bit before like the Instagram kind of influencer era where uh, those kind of pictures became more prevalent after Instagram really took off. But this idea kind of started when things were not so influencery on Instagram. It's the only way I can explain it. I had this idea and I approached Tiffany about it. I didn't know Tiffany too well, but I, you know, I approached her and I said I wanted to take photos of her to kind of show off her personality and, you know, would she be interested in something like that? And during our phone call, she started to tell me about herself and she started to tell me about her tattoos and how they're like geeky themed. And she started to tell me a lot about herself. Cause like I said, I didn't really know Tiffany that well outside of just kind of meeting her at conventions here and there. And when she started talking to me and telling me her story, I was like, 
oh my God, I have to do something else. Like photos or are not enough. They're, like something else has to like kind of capture like Tiffany's story. So one night at dinner, I was talking to my friend, Emily Shuck about, you know, Tiffany and this project that I had in mind, but I was like, you know, but it's not enough like this, you know, talking about Tiffany's story like this. I was like, maybe I'll turn it into a blog post. Maybe I'll turn it into something else, but there's something more that needs to be said about this because I know the cliche goes like, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words, but like there was so much more to Tiffany, right? And so then she and I started talking and we kind of came up with the idea of making a web series about women and fandom and how they are empowered through their fandom. And I really loved that. So, you know, I got back with Tiffany and told her, you know, would you be interested in letting me like interview you? And she said, yes. So I did an interview with her in person. I took some portraits of her and we honestly, we just fell in love with the process and the way we're talking to Tiffany, everything just kind of really like, we got excited about it. And so from there, we decided to like interview other women and just make a series about this. And we've been working on that uh, slowly because all of this stuff we're not like professionals at. It wasn't something we like learned. We had to teach ourselves how to edit videos. We had to teach ourselves how to film. We did really badly at first. We didn't really know <laughs> what we were doing, you know, but- A lot to learn. Yeah, but the main thing was that we were really excited about hearing about fangirls and what it is to be a fangirl. Right. I spoke with you about this before, and you made a really great point when you you had said to me that um, a fangirl, you wanted to show that a fangirl was more than just the, the knee-jerk idea of like a young kind of excited girl in the crowd screaming. And I really, uh, that idea really resonated with me. I thought that was such a great a great way of putting it, like expanding the definition of what it means to be passionate about something. One of the fangirls that we did a web series on, um, her name is Alice. And she said something that really stuck out to me. And she said that, you know, there's this like, people tend to dismiss things that women are really excited about, right? Like people tend to dismiss it as not important or childish in some way. And obviously we don't see it that way, right? And so this this series is kind of our way of reclaiming that and showing like how powerful loving something can be. Right. Tiffany, how does it feel to be the uh, inspiration behind this kind of? You were you're the catalyst. You brought it all together. Um I I I think that's that's it always kind of makes me laugh a little bit because it's something that when I was younger, I just kind of boxed away. Like I boxed away my, my fandom, my geekiness. Cause it was just like, I'm from a small town in Missouri. And, um, though people are very polite and everything like that, it's just, there wasn't a lot of girls who were like gung ho about Lord of the Rings or anything like that. And I was just like, I really wanted people to like me and not judge me for being slightly weird <laughs> and my oh, we would have been best friends <laughs> we would have been best friends <laughs> so um so it was just like I was just like okay I just kind of put that away and then um all throughout my 20s I just kind of just kept pushing it away and stuff and and everything and finally like around 29 and this is before like I met Monica and everything I was like screw it 
um, I had, I was done, I was done being that. Cause I just looked back on my twenties and I was like, I wasn't happy, you know? And it was just like, I, I got into doctor who at that point rediscovered, um, rediscovered my love for Lord of the Rings and, um, Star Wars and, uh, got into Harry Potter and stuff. And just really just like, really just kind of like started to embrace that part of me instead of just putting her in a box. And, um, when I met Monica in 2017, um, I was still very much slightly self, self, um, self-conscious and stuff like that. But I met Monica on Instagram and then I met her at uh, galley one and she was like, she saw my outfit and I had put together what I considered the ninth doctor TARDIS. And it was a light up skirt with uh, Christopher Eccleston on, on my t-shirt and I had a jean jacket on and she took a picture of me and I don't like pictures of me. <laughs> I don't, I just don't, but I saw that picture and she captured me, not just the outside, but she captured the inside. And it was one of the very first times that I, I was like, wow, she saw me. And, and then when she, we just became friends and just, you know, you know, we started talking a little bit more and she approached in 2019 and she was like, I have this idea. And when she was just talking, like my, my spirit was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, just like basically just rooting for that. And like, she just got me more and more excited. Like she couldn't see me cause we were talking, but I was on my back porch, just jumping up and down, like, like a kid at Christmas and stuff, just kind of like so excited for the idea because yeah, like that, there is that, um, there is that, 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 uh, that definition of fangirl and I even have a button that has the definition of fangirl on it but I never liked it and you know going ahead and redefining that definition one story at a time you know like that's was so excited for and I haven't looked back since and just like she said we fell in love with the project and still very much in love with the project that's a wonderful story I love I love it it resonates you know with me as well I I know when you're younger, you, you, um, try hard to kind of blend in with everyone else. You know, you're not as a lot of kids or teens aren't as, as, um, ready to be different, <laughs> but I did definitely realize, like, like you said, in your twenties and you're like, oh, I'm not really happy. You just got to embrace what you love. Right. Yeah. There is something that, you know, and I've mentioned this before in other, like, Portrait of Fangirl um, podcast episodes, or I'm sorry, not podcast episodes, but like, you know, interviews and things like that, where, you know, I grew up, I was a child in the 80s and a teenager in the 90s. And um, I grew up in a time where there wasn't a lot of like, you know, geeky stuff going. We'd get like a movie here and there, but it was mainly like cartoon series and everything was looked at it like very childish and something that only boys liked right and so I growing up was never like bullied or made to feel bad about my geek my love for geekdom but also I don't think anybody really understood me Uh, I think people thought it was my quirky little thing they thought it was cute they tolerated it but they didn't really understand it You know, they were just like, oh, you don't look like the type of person who would be into this. You know, there was a lot of like stereotypes around it, or they think that I was just pretending to be one of the boys or something like that. Right. There's Mm -hmm. 
there's just like, nobody really saw me. And I love how, you know, Tiffany pointed that out is that she felt like she was seen. And that's how I felt the first time I went to a comic book convention. I was 35, maybe? Uh, 33. I was 33 years old uh, when I went to my first comic book convention in 2013. And I went with my family. I went with my children and I went with my, you know, significant other. And we walked in and we were just like, oh my God, this is home. Like people understood it. And we didn't know anything about, you know, comic book conventions, but we thought it'd be fun to go in our Halloween costumes, which we had dressed up as like Doctor Who characters. For Halloween. So we went to the convention, everybody recognized our costumes and they were like, oh, and we had our kids dressed up and it was like a big thing. And I was like, oh my God, people understand me. They get it and they celebrate it. Like, this is crazy. I'd never had that experience. And I was in my thirties and I really felt that like, until I had met my significant other, nobody uh, like understood it. They didn't get it. Right. They tolerated it. It was fine, but they didn't get it. And so hand in hand with that also goes kind of something else that Tiffany said, which she was talking about how, um, you know, she didn't like pictures of herself. I had gotten into kind of like a little bit into photography and I was taking cosplay pictures and I was just taking pictures in general of people. And I would take these pictures and I would, you know, edit them. And I think, oh my God, these people are so beautiful. And they would see the pictures and hate them. And they were like, oh, this is wrong with me. I like that. I like this. I like that. There's like a million things that people would complain about. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like when you were through my lens, I kept thinking, wow, you look amazing. And so I think that people also have a tendency to not see themselves as others see them. They're very critical of themselves. And sometimes they don't realize how amazing they look whether that's because of like, you know, society and what society has, you know, made us believe is like, you know, a standard of beauty or whatever, but there, or just, you know, insecurity and comes in a lot of packages. Right. And so one thing that like, I was like, oh, I just wish these people would see themselves the way I see them because I think they look beautiful. And I think these like different things about them are so great. Um, and so that's kind of what I, why I think showing pictures of people through their fandoms is empowering because they feel seen and they feel good about themselves because wearing your fandom literally on your sleeve, whether it's a t-shirt or a cosplay or something is really, really empowering. Definitely. I, I completely get that. I had recently said this to a friend, actually, within the past year and a half, I got into cosplay. I got, got better with it. My practice a lot more. Um, and I feel I said that within the past year, I don't think I've ever felt more confident about who I am than I do now. And it doesn't have to do with, you know, um, masking yourself because you're wearing a cosplay or it's not even in cosplay. I just, as a, a general, as a person just feel and like you've embraced, I've embraced something inside myself that when you're younger, you kind of are self, um, you're very like self-reserved and don't know how to express yourself. And then this really fandom really helps you find acceptance and, and self-love. And I think it's an amazing thing. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I, I do like also, we, we have discussed this, that you had said um, to me one time that fandom isn't necessarily 
within geek culture per se. It's somebody's fandom could be sports. Someone's fandom could be music. It's, it's not the narrow definition that you would necessarily think of when you hear the word fangirl. Um, and that, that stuck out to me, um, when you mentioned sports and music and something al like along those lines, um, have you interviewed anybody who was with outside of this, like fangirl stereotype? Um, we do have, so one of the women that Annika, that we are, uh, working on an episode with she loves to travel um and then Alice we had uh we had met with her they they also like to travel um and so there's this kind of thing where like travel is also like a fandom visiting places for specific reasons whether it's because of a tv show that you like or just seeing the world right um and we've we have like some things lined up uh, as far as like people that we're interviewing but as far as like talking to people from diff who have different like ideas of what fandom is, sports is a big one. Music is a big one. And what's interesting is like what makes a fandom acceptable and what makes a fandom not acceptable. Right. So like sports are a mainstream fandom. If you get completely dressed up head to toe in Los Angeles Dodger gear, for example. Right. Nobody would judge you or think it's weird. I mean, technically you're like cosplaying, right? You're not playing baseball. You're not, you know, the, that jersey is like a cosplay, right? Nobody kind of questions you when you're wearing like a Dodger t-shirt. But if you're wearing like, you know, a Star Wars t-shirt, you might get like a different look, right? So like, it's interesting to look at like, what is acceptable in fandom and what isn't acceptable, you know, and Clearly, Dodger fans will say, oh, you know, I'm a Dodger fan, but they won't necessarily be like, I'm in the Dodger fandom, you know? So it's just right. kind of like <laughs> the way you talk about things, you know, things like that. Like, what's okay, what's not? Where is this line? Um, it's okay to go to like a concert and spend tons of money on concert tickets to see your favorite artist and things like that and travel to go see different concerts and stuff like that. But when you tell somebody how much you spent on a cosplay or how much you spent on convention tickets, people are like, oh, that's weird, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, nobody bats at an eye if you're going to go see Bad Bunny or something like that, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just, those are the things that we want to, I think, um, talk about on this Portrait of Fangirl podcast. Right. Now, how do you think the web series that you created will translate into a podcast? Do you think it's a good forum for it? Tiffany? Um, I think it is. I think because the there's, there's never not going to be enough stories to tell. And I think that, um, and I love all of the episodes, but giving a, a podcast is, is giving giving more another facet to this journey. And it um, it's going to, I believe, translate very well and be able to um, hear more stories and, and hear about more women um, with, with different fandoms and different loves and likes. And it's it's really exciting. I'm, I'm really excited for this uh, podcast series to, be, to begin. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that, uh, you know, with the, 
With the web series, it's hard because of distance, right? We're filming, so we don't always have the budget to like get a location to film at. We're really lucky that um, our friends at that hashtag show let us use their studio uh, for the last couple episodes that we filmed. Um, And then the other thing comes into like editing and working on things, right? So for example, Tiffany, you know, has had some health issues. I don't know if I should say that or not. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'll cut it out if you want me to, but you know, uh, we had some health scares with Tiffany and I wanted to like take the time to like pause and make sure Tiffany was okay before we continued with Portrait of a Fangirl and give respect to her and everything, because this is very much like Tiffany is my inspiration, you know? So like, if she's not okay, I'm not okay. So like, you know, um, that kind of like put a delay on a lot of things. COVID put a delay on a lot of things. We were filming during, right before, right when the pandemic hit. And then our editor, Emily, who was also the original creator on the show, started working on her PhD. And there's just like so many things that kind of stopped us. And there's all these live things that kind of like, you know, put a break into the web series and what we're working on. So I think a podcast is like, a good way to keep things going without the pressure of having to have studio space to film or to like, you know, get people because it takes a whole team to do this. I think we had a team of like seven or eight people just to film a 10 minute episode and wow. we were on set like for five hours. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Plus the girls that we were rotating in to interview and things like that. So, you know, it's a lot of work. And I think a podcast uh, allows us to do a lot more one of the big things that sucks is when you ha- you're making a web series and you have to cut certain things out that you necessarily don't want to cut out. So most of our interviews were an hour, but our videos ended up being about 10 minutes. Uh, so there's a lot of things that a podcast will allow us to talk about and say and cover that a video series wouldn't necessarily. Ideally, I hope to one day turn all of this into a documentary on fangirl mm. culture and fandom culture. Um, and so I think that the podcast together with the video series just gives us this like encyclopedia of information and storytelling that we can one day, I hope, turn into like a full documentary. That's amazing. I didn't know that's what your ultimate idea was. I think that's. It wasn't something we started out with. I think it's just one day I was like, I feel like I really want to do a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I think it would be wonderful I think I, you definitely have a lot of content that I think would make wonderful documentary thank you yeah um oh god sorry oh no I was just gonna say that's just that's just that's what I really that's another thing I really love about portrait of a fangirl is the evolution of it and that it has it is just it's taken on this beautiful life and it just keeps evolving. And, you know, it, it, it started with being pictures and then it became, well, I want to, let's, let's a blog and then, okay, let's do a web series and then let's do a podcast and someday, hopefully a documentary. And that's just, that's what I love about it because it's just a story that keeps going and a story that I think so many people will resonate with and, and want to hear and even share their own. Right. That's the great thing about, about creativity is it's really, you can never box it up. You can make so many things with one idea and it's, it's great. I think this is an amazing 
um, amazing opportunity. And I'm thankful that you felt that you could bring me in an outsider, a general outsider. I wasn't involved in any of the portrait of a fangirl creation. So being brought in as a podcast host really does mean a lot to me. I think that you are a perfect um, addition to this team. You have a very natural way of speaking to people in a way that where I feel like you're very genuine and excited to know about people and to get to know them. And also you have like a a very generous enthusiasm towards all things fandom and geeky. And so I feel like that really fits with Portrait of a Fangirl. And, you know, I think that you'll, I look forward to your interviews. We've discussed, you know, some of the people that you want to bring on as guests, which I won't mention now because all of that is in in progress. (laughs) Right. Um, But I'm really excited about your ideas, who you want to talk to. For me, it's really important to get women from all areas of, you know, a fandom. There's so many different things that incorporate a fandom. There's the fans who are consumers, right? And I think uh, Kelsey, uh, who's one of our camera operators, and she was a panelist on our panel that we had at Comic-Con Revolution, she mentioned this. And she said that, you know, that portrait of fangirl puts the fans first in the fandom, right? And I think that as consumers, we're just as important as the creators, right? right? So, you know, I think that that's something that I'm excited about to see, you know, the different types of fans, right? The fans that create, the fans that, you know, just consume, you know, like all of their stories are valid. All of their stories are really interesting. There's people who turn their fandom into businesses. There's people who turn their fandoms into, you know, content. Like there's so much out there to talk about and so many different facets, facets, facets. (laughs) There's so many different facets of, you know, fandom and things like that. So I'm just excited to like, hear who you're talking to, who you're going to be talking to in the next couple months. And like, you know, to, to meet more fandom, like for, to meet more people in the fandom and more people who identify as women who are really, really, who found their power through their fandom, whatever that fandom is. Yeah. I, I agree with Monica. Like you have this natural gift like, and that and you have a gift that Monica also has because I'm very shy. I, I didn't, she sent me a whole stinking list of questions. She was going to ask me like two days before the, the, the interview. The, and I just sat there. I was like, how am I going to tell her any of this? And the next thing I know is we're sitting there chatting and it's been over an hour and a half. We had run out of memory. So, um, yeah, we ran out of memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So I, I, I feel that you have that same gift because like, if you don't, it's very hard to eke somebody's story out, but I feel very comfortable and relaxed with you. And I know that like it, with these future episodes coming up is that you're just adding more beautiful souls to, I, I consider the fan, uh, the fandom in this project, like a quilt, you're adding these more beautiful souls to, to make this quilt even more colorful and beautiful. And so I am really excited to see who you who bring on board and to hear their stories. And it's, it's, it's going to be a very exciting journey. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm extremely excited. So what are you, both of you, most proud of when it comes to Portrait of a Fangirl? 
So I think I'm proud of the fact that despite how slow this project has been, that we didn't give up on it. I think I'm proud of the fact that I taught myself through YouTube videos how to edit, that I taught myself how to film, even though like, you know, our early stuff and even some stuff now is pretty rough. I'm sorry, guys. But like, it doesn't matter that I don't have a degree in this. It doesn't matter that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still creating a space for myself and for, you know, the people in my community. And I'm just doing it. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, if somebody criti- some somebody critiques this as a film or anything else or, or like, you know, just as television, I guess, this is badly done in a lot of ways, but I'm proud that we did it anyways. You know, we didn't have all the tools. We didn't have all the equipment we needed. We just had an idea and a lot of passion and we went out and we did our best. And, you know, um, I'm really proud of it. You know, it's not amazing. It's not groundbreaking in any way, but it's important to me. It's important for me to tell stories of women who are empowered through their fandoms and people who identify as women who are empowered through their fandoms. And, you know, I'm proud of it. I'm proud that we tried and we did something and that we keep trying and that we tried to, as slow as we are, we're still consistent. I, I have to say, like, I have to, like, really like really agree with Monica on that particular thing is that like when this when this project started to get going and gain traction life decided to hand a lot of loops and hit hard you know with the pandemic and everything and despite all of that despite the obstacles and the hurdles and and everything that the fire never went out and the fire never died it, it might have gotten lower and stuff, but it, it just, it never died. It was there. It was constantly there. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm excited for that because though it's, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it may be a small story, but it's a mighty one. And to me, it's the little things, it's the little things that make life rich. And I, I feel like that's just, uh, it's a, it's a great thing to be a part of. It definitely, definitely is. And I think if this has the chance to make another little, a little girl out there who's kind of struggling with accepting who she is, if she hears somebody else's story, maybe it'll help her along her journey. It's a wonderful thing. I I, I couldn't agree more. I actually talk about that in my, my episode, like, is that I want to be and I think we all do, we want to be the reason someone's fire for their fandom ignites, not the reason it goes out. And so like, if it helps just one person, well, that's amazing. And that, that makes, makes the whole journey worth the while. And, and I, I, you know, like I, I've met so many wonderful and beautiful people that have definitely inspired me and like have become great friends. And, um, and I'm just, yeah is so much to say. I don't know how to put it into words. No, absolutely. So if you could give me any advice going forward by taking over the reins for a podcast version of this, what would, what would you suggest? What kind of advice do you have for me? Cause I can use it. 
my advice would be to always make space for marginalized communities. Um, always give a platform to those who generally don't get a platform um, and invite people into these spaces that don't always get a voice in these spaces. And um, when I say these spaces, I mean geek fandom and to be part of the conversation when it comes to, you know, what we love. Um, and don't gatekeep is my only advice, you know, gatekeeping. I understand where gatekeeping come from, comes from, especially when, you know, if you were somebody who was bullied, who was treated badly when it comes to fandom and, you know, you had this one fandom or this one thing that got you through all of it and you held on to it so tight and suddenly everybody loves the thing that you were bullied over or suddenly like it's the thing that made you feel special and now everybody likes it so you're not unique in that way. Like I understand where gatekeeping comes from and loving something and wanting to protect it, um, but it's not conducive to anything you know like it doesn't make the world a better place to gatekeep you know um so that would be my advice is try not to gatekeep and you know open the space up to as many marginalized communities as you can yep i i could not agree with that more um (laughs) um that yeah yeah basically yeah like make space like it's it's for all the 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 little girls out there in this world that you know that don't necessarily like get to have a say or get pushed aside be like oh because you're a girl you're not supposed to like this um you know just be able to allow people yeah to to speak their mind and to get to share in and the fandom and the love and the passion of that thank you that is very helpful and it will, I believe, help me as a host to bring bring this moving forward. And I really and I, appreciate everything. And I think my other piece of advice is, you know, it's really hard for us to see ourselves on screen. It's really hard for us to listen to ourselves, like when we're in the editing process and we're, you know, putting out the content and then we say something and we're like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that, you know, be kind to yourself as you go through this journey as a podcast host, you know, Uh, be gentle with yourself is like really my biggest advice. Like, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as you you think it is. You know what I mean? Be kind to yourself more yeah, than you're me. always your 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 toughest critic, and I, I totally mm-hmm. get that. Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard sometimes when you're like you know if you if you do listen back on your episodes and you know you're going through stuff, take it as a learning opportunity. Like, oh, I should have done this. Maybe next time I'll try this, this or that but not as a like, oh, I failed kind of thing. Like, don't, don't feel that way, you know? Right. And uh, when we get those nasty comments in the comment section that are bound to happen because the internet is the internet, take it with a grain of salt and know that you have like a team of people who believe in you, who believe that you should be here and who are excited to listen to you and hear what you have to say 
Thank you. That means so much. That's so sweet. It really, it really does help. You know, the internet can be a great place because it allows creativity and, and projects like this to happen. And, but, you know, it could also be a little, little minefield sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Jenna, before we sign off, I kind of want to know a little bit about your fandom. I kind of want you to tell people about your fandom journey. Oh, well, oh my goodness. Um, I think thinking back the first time I would have registered being a fangirl was definitely early 2000s pop music, being a big, big boy bander. I love the boy bands, all about them, Insane, Factory Boys. But um, that quickly changed into um, Harry Potter had to probably be the first one. Um, I remember getting the first book before it was even really popular, my aunt, she was um, an elementary school teacher and she had heard of it and she bought me a copy of the book and I was 10 years old. I'll, I'll never forget it. Almost 11. And she's like, all the kids in my class are reading this. I think you would really like this. And it just like changed my entire world. It opened up what fandom is now. Um, I still, I still love Harry Potter. Um, I love Star Wars. I have Ahsoka's lightsabers over here. <laughs> and I have Ahsoka. It's a little Ahsoka tattoo. Ooh, nice. Uh, I love Star Wars. The prequels um, came out when I was growing up as well. So, I mean, people were very hard on the prequels back then, but I loved them. I had the biggest crush on Ewan McGregor. Still kind of do. He's the best. <laughs> not to. So Ewan McGregor. He's beautiful. If you're listening, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> um Star Wars was a huge a huge thing for me as well. Um I just recently remembered that when in 1997 it was a 20th anniversary of A New Hope coming out. My grandfather actually took me to go see it in theaters. They put it back in theaters. So I was yes. 9 years old going to see it in theaters. So I, Star Wars is a huge huge part of my life. Um Lately, I've gotten um, into more of anime. I never really was into that when I was younger. And it's it's funny that as an adult, I'm appreciating it now, just finding it and appreciating anime a lot. Um, it's funny how often people like say, oh, anime's for kids or things like that, just because it's animated. But I think people who love anime understand the power that you can tell the storytelling that is so great that you can tell through animation no I, I completely agree um I I kind of was guilty of being one of those people who is like ah, I don't know I think it's probably for kids and it's it's I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch anime and then my brother he's um he's 16 years younger, years younger than I am and a few years ago he was bugging me to watch Naruto with him and I was like oh, I don't know, like I don't know anything about it but and finally, he got me to watch it. And after one episode, I was, that was it. I was all, I was hooked. I started cosplaying from that because um, when I first saw Lady Tsunade, I said, I have to, I have to be her. I have to cosplay her. Yes. And that's how I started into cosplay, really. And from really from Naruto, I, it's amazing how one little thing spiraled into such a big part of my life now. Things, my hobbies and things I love, all from my little brother saying, please watch the show with me. <laughs> that's how it goes. It that's that, Literally, that's, 
I think that's that that is a big beginning story for a, a lot of people's fandoms is please watch this with me. <laughs> it is. It really is. And I'm I am very glad I did because through fandom within the past, I would say it's been about a year and a half. Um, I've met so many people. I've met you, I've met co- other cosplayers and and I've I've traveled and I never really I didn't really travel as very much a homebody. And then I made a lot of friends through fandom and they said, Oh, you know what? Why don't you come to this con here? And okay, let's, let's go. So much fun. Yep. Well, I think that's why uh, the convention Gallifrey one, it's a doctor who convention that takes place every February in Los Angeles is so important to me because some of the best longest going friendships I've had have come from there and they're from like-minded people who just have no, who, who just with full passion, like will like love the thing that I love. And there's like no shame, no stigma, no nothing. And it's so great to be able to be in a room with people who just love the same things and they come from all over the world. And it's a very small, intimate con, but there's like such a diversity in the people who come to this con from so many different countries. And it's, it's lovely. It is is. like, I'm going to come this year. I'm so excited. It's a family reunion every year. I'm telling you, Jenna, if you don't have your ticket now, you better. Oh, I, yes. I I have a reminder to buy it on payday. (laughs) Buy this ticket. Don't forget to buy the ticket. It's the best. It's the best. I'm very excited. I, I'm really looking forward to that. And I've never been to the West Coast either. I'm in New York, never really been very far out of New York. So it's exciting. Can't wait. Me too. So this is going to wrap up the episode of Portrait of a Fangirl podcast. We want to thank everyone who tuned in today, especially our guests, Monica and Tiffany. Thank you for being with us today, both of you. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Instagram by using the handle Portrait of a Fangirl or anywhere else on social media as Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com where you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you very much.